Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, the musical podcast where we talk about everything that musicals teach us. And Zane remembers how to speak English words. <laughs> Yay, Yay, go clap, go clap, go clap. So this is a special episode because we kind of have wine. Four. We have wine. <laughs> we have wine and kind of four hosts. Yeah. But also... Yeah, we're the swings, remember? Oh, yeah, we are the swings. We have, back from London, in Australia, on Australian soil, (laughs) filling her position at the table again. It's KB! It's me, KB! (laughs) (laughs) And we hope to hear lots of tales from London. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We got to talk about... Everybody's talking about Jamie. Oh, we'll talk about it. We got to talk about that. Broadway news. And as always, our reliable fill-in hosts when our unreliable regular hosts are not here, <laughs> Jess K. Ryan Yay! and Patrick Aiken, Yay! Yay! who have decided to team up. No, because remember we had an argument at Cluedo about who was going to do Assassins and then Zane was like, okay, children, let's break it up. How about you both do the episode? Yeah, yeah oh, no, I do remember you're that. You're so good at being the mediator, Zane. Right, that's that's <laughs> what I do. I just make people work together whether they want to or not. You make people I'm happy. very happy to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm super keen. He's super stoked. So before we get into the show, mm-hmm. uh, which is I'm sure going to be thrilling, Mm-hmm. I think we should uh, get to know. Play on words, Zane. Pardon? No, it's not really a thriller, but no, it's almost a play on words. I'm not. Calm down. Fifi, <laughs> doll, pull it together. Fifi, the podcast cat, also in the room. Well, not in the room. Here. <laughs> I think we should get to know KB again because it's been a while. It's 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 been a year. And you, it's oh been goodness. over a year since you've done this it's quiz. Been, it's been over a year. Since so we want to hear about the change. Quiz. We want to hear about the growth. We want to know mm. who the new. KB is and the way to do that is of Mm. course with the musicals taught me everything I know getting to know you quiz getting to know you getting to know something (laughs) all about you no no I didn't want to go too far because of copyright (laughs) (laughs) no it's best to cut that was intentional (laughs) so KB Mm -hmm. in the last year yes which musical character would other people have compared you to in the last year yeah who travels um yeah, who travels? Who's constantly in a car? Um, I'm flying every Violet? day. Bang, bang. Uh, Violet. She's Violet. 
with the not scarred face. Wait, no, it's there you go, answer, guys. No, take. I will. I will accept any phone a friend answers. I suppose we are other people. You are other people. Yeah, you, tell, you tell me. <laughs> I'd say Violet. She's go. traveling. She's busy. She's she's in search of the good has a dream. and the she best. Has a dream. She's, she's got a dream. KB has a dream. I'm going to open the Maltese. I up. do have okay. a dream and I have been traveling. So let's go with that. Then, yeah, right. well, yeah. What musical character would you like other people to have compared you to other than Violet? Um, um, do you know it's always at this moment that you forget every character, every in written, every musical ever. In every musical ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me think. Um, 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 What's your next big goal? What's my next big Well, does that fall into dream role then? Can we combine the two? Yeah, yeah sure. Let's combine Absolutely. The if they're the same. Um, Mishmash. Let's do it. Miss, yeah. Um, look, um, I would love to play um, Caddy Heron now that I've seen Mean Girls. Oh, that, yes, that. Let's Joel. do it. <laughs> let's, let's do that. I don't know if I, I want to be. I can see it. Thank you. Patrick. You, Damien. <gasps> Me, Janice. Let's do it, guys. You, Janice. <laughs> yeah, Janice Ian. Really? Yeah. And I don't doubt the acting talent, but the look is a 180. We'll do the hair. Well, that's what Do they do makeup in theatre now? <laughs> costume? We'll need to get makeup and costume in. I'm sure we could manage it. I I'm could do sure. goth. You could do goth. We'll just wait for the rights to be released. We'll get it. We'll but, get it done. Yeah, guys, Australian version up. I like that vision. You like the addition? I do like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, um, I really, I just want to do kinky boots, guys. Mm. I really? want to be. I want to be. I can never remember her name. Annalie Ashford's character, Lauren. Lauren. I want to be Annalie Ashford, so I understand. I just, yeah, she's fun. I still like. I like the like funny roles now, but the roles that have a little bit of guts to yeah. them. All right, not just the children. Well, that covers dream role. <laughs> Has your favorite sometime changed in the last? No. Year? What was it? I want to say Into the Woods, but then I think I was wrong. I'm wrong. It's, well, it's Sunday, isn't it? Now. It's Sunday, isn't Is it? Is it Sunday? Say Sunday. No, I still think it's into the No, actually. No, yeah, no. It's into, it's the, into the woods. It's okay. into the woods. <laughs> it's fine. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, has your shower song changed? Are you singing a new song um, in the shower? I am, I am singing a new song in the shower, surprisingly. <laughs> Not the same one from 18 months ago. Um, it's more of like... Um, it's it's just it's Mean Girls. Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm singing right. the whole yeah, soundtrack. Sometimes I'm Regina. Sometimes it's like stop there, stop there. Copyright, copyright. All right, you're our first host to get to do this twice. Oh, I goodness. know. I'm a, I'm a little. Oh. Ner- I feel nervous about it. Mm, I thought well, I was going to get to I have cast plenty Patrick of suggestions. because I had I know. all these shows lined up of what I wanted to cast Patrick in. I know. I want to. I want to see the blood. Do you know what? I, I I know we're getting to the controversial question, mm-hmm. and although my answer hasn't changed, it has been added to. <gasps> oh, what? So tell me, Cats is definitely always, absolutely, ever gone, forever yeah, yeah, going to be number it's one. It's already gone. It's not a choice. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like you redeemed yourself with School of Rock for me, but. Though. He 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 did KB, because of the children. Nice. Uh, also, he's doing um, a Cinderella, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that hot boy. mess in a hot set. Um, what but are we doing? Actually, I really desperately, after seeing it, uh, want to delete Bat Out of Hell. All right, okay. The meatloaf. Meat it's not. It's not technically a, a meatloaf musical. It's a Jim Steinem. Um, Musical, but Jim Stein and musical doesn't have the it's same. It's ninety-five percent meatloaf yeah. and five percent Celine Dion. Yeah, um, wow. So look, the music obviously good. Is ninety-five percent meatloaf. Yes, and 5% yes. Celine Dion. Um, it, it draws an audience. Um, it's a 
it's a fun time <laughs> that has been has had a lot of money thrown at it. Yeah, um, mm. but the storyline is a train wreck. Fair enough. Um, that's that's always a shame. It's yeah, look. Brilliant. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's it's. I feel like the cast do a great job. I congratulate them. Oh, officially, yeah. I'm sure they will go on um, to do something wonderful. Wow. Now that this show no longer exists, yes, we can move on. Bye. So we'll take a break, and we will come back, and we will talk all of the Broadway news that we currently know of. Okay, so what are we talking about first? Oh, well, we we have Broadway news. We have, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, the world lost a really brilliant actress this week. And so young. Yeah. Maren Mazzi at 57. She um, was diagnosed a few years ago with ovarian cancer. She kicked its ass and she went on to play Anna Anna Leon Owens. I can't pronounce it last name. In The King and I. And she Mm. rocked this, like rocked the rest of the season. She finished the show. Um, she's been doing a lot of concerts with her husband, Jason Danielly, and um, she passed away this week. Yeah. And it's awful. Mm. Um, she was a huge inspiration to, I mean, a lot of women in musical theatre. She had an incre- like not only an incredible singing voice, but one of those extremely gifted people at interpretation of lyric. Like mm. just. Her- you can always tell when you're listening to her. Like, yeah. Yes. It was. Yeah. You know. first, I didn't know much about her until a few years ago when I stumbled upon a recording of a. Uh, the sometimes 80th birthday special. When she sang Losing My Mind. Losing My Mind. And I was like, who is this woman who can just stand there? She stands there. She does like it's. The focus mm. in the performance and the intensity, I was blown away and it became a favourite song of mine. I didn't even know what show it was from at the time. I had no idea what it was, but I just knew that that performance was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. it's. I loved her in passion. Her Clara was exactly what Clara means, light which is what it is in Italian. She was incredible. Her Kiss Me Kate playing Kate mm. in Kiss Me Kate was unreal, an incredible handle on that character. And it's really, really sad that she died. Um, I've, you know, yeah, so. it's awful for her husband, Jason, and her mother and her brother that she survived. Um, and there's this whole thing at the moment where six theatres on Broadway will be dimming their lights and a lot of people aren't really happy the fact that all of the theatres aren't dimming. Mm, Yeah, Neil Simon, entire street went out. Mara Maisie, who filled theatres and worked her butt off, her next, oh, my God, her next to normal. Oh, oh my God. I didn't know she did next to normal. She did. She replaced Alice Ripley and so did her husband. So they played husband and wife. That's that's rough. That's not something you want to talk about. So we are very sad about the death of Marin Mazzita this week. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a real shame. Uh, well, when anyone. When anyone Broadway, dies. It's a- and then when it there is. The, it, it does add a little insult to injury with the debate over, like, the dimming of the lights. Yeah. Like, mm. what exactly was the criteria? About, yeah. There was a yeah. whole thing a couple of years ago about Joan Rivers. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Like, she was a big advocate for. Theater in general. I, did they ended up? Did they end up doing yeah, that? I don't for know. Her? No, I, no. I, again, I think it was one or two theaters dimmed their lights. Mm. Um, and like Neil Simon wrote the Odd Couple, did the book for like the libretto for Sweet Charity and stuff like that. But yeah. God, like Marin's done. I mean, like, regardless of it all, we can just acknowledge, I suppose, that it should be deserved. But yes. there's no point. We can't change it. Yeah. the argument. 
But right. um, hearts out to her husband, Jason. Yeah. yeah. And family and the people and family who worked with her and like mm. everyone is yeah. mm. Well, is there any slightly happier Broadway KB's news? KB's got some happy news, doesn't she? Oh, God, so I'm just, oh, God, yeah, so I'm just. Yeah, bring it back up. Bring it back up. We got to shake it out. <laughs> I didn't know this, but I, it probably got announced. Um, Jeremy Jordan is making a comeback to Broadway. So, <gasps> but it's a play. But it's a play. Poorly uninitiated. Who is Jeremy Jordan? I'm sorry, what? Do you not know who Jeremy Jordan Do is? Do I know anything? Um, uh, Bonnie I Earth. didn't even know what Moscato was till I started that's drinking true. this. Yes, that's true. It's very <laughs> sweet, ladies. Yeah, he called it Ribena before. It tastes like Ribena. <laughs> Patrick and I are just sitting here. Jeremy Jordan was in uh, Bonnie and Clyde. He's in Newsies. He's in Supergirl. Oh, he's the guy from Newsies. Yes. Oh, I know him. Yes. Yes, yes the, the, the really, the really pretty one. I remember him. Yes. yes. Um, and I got very excited <laughs> when he told us he was going back to Broadway and then it was a play, with which his, is still very exciting. In person. But in you person. saw him live in London, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. Was it amazing? Oh. Did you fucking keel over? I, I yeah. I was, I, I'm no, now, babe, I'm if now. If I'm on it, it's explicit tag. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, I'm oh. having his babies now. That's what happened. Um. Because he looked at, I hear that when he yeah. looks at you, that happens. Yeah. It just, bam. Impregnation. He opened his mouth. Made I've been up. trying to get him to webcam or something, but it's just not working. <laughs> we'll get onto that. Sad. Oh, dear. Um, Patrick, did you hear something? I do, I do. I've got yeah. some more sort of less sort of romantic news. Um, Beetlejuice is set to open for previews in March next year with an official open on yeah, with, in April. Yeah, um, with old mate um, from Chaplin playing Beetlejuice. Yeah, Rob yeah. McClure. Mm. Um, and it's got Carrie music Butler. by um, Eddie Perfect. So, yeah, Australian oh, succeeding. Amazing. Hopefully it does and well. And he's got King Kong happening too. He's yeah, a he busy does. guy. He's a busy guy. Between There's him a and lot Tim, of interesting shows on the their two of them. way yeah. to Broadway. Be more yeah. chill. <laughs> Has is so confirmed good. to be heading back, mm. yeah. and Tootsie seems really? to be. <gasps> yes. Santino Fontana well. as Tootsie. I um, am yeah. living for it. And the other living. interesting bit of news I had was Be More Chill is opening next year in March as well, which yeah. is a show that was put on uh, like originally it was staged, you know, off 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 Washington. off Broadway, yeah. Washington, um, like, like so off Broadway, <laughs> 2015. Then picked up this internet cult following and has just been building in popularity ever since. Oh Have you um, watched that video where they did announced Off Broadway the... last year? Did it? It was. Uh, well, n- no. It the... was doing another performance in twenty seventeen, another... and now it's transferring to Broadway. Well, it's on this... now. It's on Off Broadway oh, so... now. Oh, okay. And so they were doing because right it was the guy from Dear Evan Hansen, so he left, oh. went into Be More Chill. They're doing a season now, and there's yeah. this gorgeous video of the cast. Being told that they were moving to Broadway. Oh, Those moments are the best. If Julie moments. was here, I'd tell her to put it on the Facebook, but she's not. Put so it up, Julie, Julie put it, it on out. the Facebook. Julie. Well, <laughs> we'll try and find it. And well, we'll she'll try hear it, it when on. this airs, and that'll be the same time <laughs> as our listeners. So hopefully it goes on the Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's assuming that she listens to this episode that she's Julie, not a part of. Julie, you better listen um, to this episode to not. <laughs> Because I've got a, fr- I don't know much about Be More Chill, but I have a friend who loves it, so I was really excited. It's it's, it's fun, it's yeah, poppy, it's that's very teenage. Yes, mm. so it is kind of aiming at the same Dear Evan Hansen demographics. So but they it's, are it's the market fun. at the moment. It's they also one of the very few sci-fi uh, yeah. musicals. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's um, it. Broadway news. Broadway news. Let's take a break and then we will take a deep dive into Assassin. We haven't Whoa. said what we're doing yet. So that was the first time we've said what musical we're doing. Oh, I mentioned it right up at the top. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh. when when you, we spoke about the I was fight busy that you with guys the Moscato, had. I guess. Yeah, we, we, you discussed Assassins with me. <laughs> did I? Yeah, you said, remember we oh, thought about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moscato. Sorry, dolls. <laughs> Okay. 
Okay, guess number one. Patrick, what can you tell us about the history of assassins? Uh, Give it to me. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. (laughs) Okay, first of all, the first thing about it is it opens with a little bit of shade and I love that. So... How did it come about? Um, so Sondheim, Stephen Sondheim, for those playing at home, um, read a script Bob. by playwright Charles Gilbert Jr., um, which was the early premise of this show. And Sondheim asked Gilbert for permission to use his idea. Uh, and Gilbert go- consented and offered to write the book, but Sondheim said nah, nah and he busy. declined, <laughs> having already had collaborator John um, Weidman in mind. So he was like, I like that <laughs> script you're working on could I work on that show? And this guy was like, yeah, that's great. I'll write it with you. And he went, oh, no, you won't. I'll just be <laughs> no, taking no. that script. Do you know when I said I, I want to work on the show, I meant I want to work, work on the show. show yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad he did because the show is tops. Um, so the show opened off-Broadway at the Playwrights Horizons on December 18th, 1990. Good year. Um, and closed on February 16th, 1991. Is that that's when you were born? No, I'm younger than that. Shady. <laughs> um, and it closed after 73 performances. I'm only one year younger than that. Ah. It's all right, though. Um, so on October 29th, 1992, um, Assassins opened in London at the Donmar Warehouse, um, directed by Sam Mendes. Had a great oh. cast. Um, the show ran for 76 performances, so three more than that initial one. Good one. And it closed on January 9th, 1993. The first um, U.S. regional production was mounted by the San Jose Civic Light Opera in San Jose, California in 1993. Sorry, Jess K. Ryan is pulling some shenanigans where they premiered in a 13-piece orchestra for the show. Um, and that was repeated at the New Line Theatre in St. Louis in 94, and they kept remounting it. They did it yeah. again in 98 and 2008. <laughs> Um, the first Australian production. STC, oh. oh. wasn't it? MTC. Uh, Melbourne, yeah. Uh. Um, 1995, February, MTC. Um, yeah, and I don't want to get too much into the cast because I feel like that'll be covered later, but it had some people in it, which is good. Um, I don't cover the Australian there cast. are people in the show? Yeah, no. but it was never on Broadway for the original run. The first Broadway run, um, so that was at the Roundabout Theatre. It was Roundabout Theatre Company. Um, not at the Roundabout Theatre, sorry. It's the Roundabout <laughs> Theatre Company's Broadway production. Um, it was originally, Studio 54. Yeah, it was originally scheduled for 2001. Whoa. But it was postponed um, because of, this thing of called... uh, what happened on 9-11. Yeah. Um, so it got pushed back till April 22nd, 2004. Um, That's a long just because, time. Yeah, context-sensitive events. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of shows that sort of they think that impacted their success yeah. um, at the time. I think Bat Boy was another one, which yeah, is all about we accepting spoke a about violent outsider. Yeah, Bat Boy episode. Yeah, and it, it also happened in 2001. That's uh, We all did that. Um, so after 101 <laughs> performances at Studio 54, the Broadway Assassins closed on July 18th, 2004. Um, that production was noted for what's called, and I hadn't heard this term before, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pronounce it, but a, a coup de theatre, um, uh, which is coup de. Teatre. Teatre. Oh. There we are. Fantastic. Um, basically, the Zapruder <laughs> film of the death. That's my Australian take on the French. <laughs> there we go. Good at Teatre. Um, the film of the death of JFK was projected onto Lee Harvey Oswald during the staging. So he wears a white shirt and the film is projected onto him. I feel like you're looking stage. at me explaining this as if goosebumps. I haven't watched the bootleg. <laughs> what? We don't do that sort of thing. How illegal. What's a bootleg? Um, what's a bootleg? Um, a new production of Assassins. Um happened at the Menier Chocolate Factory in London. Um, that ran until March 7, 2015. It had some great cast in it as well, which we'll say for later. Naughty. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also produced in the 2017 season of Encores at the Off Centre um, in New York. Sorry, Off Centre. Encores Off Centre at the New York City Theatre. 
um, from July 12th to 15th of that year. Um, and that had a great cast as well. There are some really good casts in here. It hasn't been put on a lot, but the people <coughs> no. in it. And there none of them have lasted notches. very long. No, and I can understand why, but it's because everyone else is wrong. Um, <laughs> so there are three versions of the show. There's the original, there's the London, and then there's the Broadway. Um, they're not the same. Um, roles have been combined and moved about, and there was a song called Something Just Broke that was new to the London production. Um, in 1991, Theatre Communications Group published the libretto, but that does not feature that mm. song. Uh so what is the show? I'm going to quickly go into a little bit of like why it was developed. So uh, the show was developed as a counter to the oversimplification of history and the presentation of people within history, but also as a subversion of how myths carry on history through song and how they often oversimplify history, which is great. Um, so, and this is something from a video that Just Kate Ryan actually sent to me, <laughs> which is fantastic. But um, Yeah, I was like, I recognise that. Yeah, it uses... Uh, song forms that are usually used to communicate information in one way but then contrast them with what's happening on stage so that there's a really jarring contrast of what you're hearing and what you're looking at. And Some it's, time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's used basically it's to undermine clever. the original purpose to make audiences think. So while folk music, for example, is something that's used to simplify and educate, it uses folk songs in ways that cause confusion and make you ask more questions. So it's a really, really wonderful show like that. And it isn't always comfortable to listen to. Mm-mm. Very jarring. But that's why it's fantastic and that's why we love it. That's why we um, are obsessed with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a quote from Sondheim is that the show displays to us what these people, um, sorry, it displays to us that these people are just like us, but they have guns in their hands. Mm-hmm. And that is the only difference you're meant to see. And that makes you uncomfortable as well because in the show you recognise the assassins as being nuanced people just like you i've been telling people for many years that never ever give me a gun (laughs) that you're actually secretly an assassin like are we we safe here (laughs) oh my god (laughs) look at that document oh yeah it keeps going um so basically the show was developed to look at what individual factors were driving each assassin to commit the um sorry to commit their and this is another quote from sometime their violent and extraordinary acts um, so John Wilkes Booth, for example, is seen as a misplaced passion um, and a political passion. And so, to, so all of his themes focus around that. Um, so what themes does the show address? Ah, oh, I'm darling. glad you asked. Let's name them. So like passion, political violence, American gun culture, the value of political violence in society, tyranny, loss, identity, the role of media, the impact that the individual can have on history, and also it touches on a lot of racism, mm. um, which is good. Because it doesn't try and dodge around that because a lot of the periods portrayed, uh, yeah, there was stuff going on. Something something I feel it. that it does dodge around a bit, a little bit, is like celebrity and the role of celebrity in American culture. Yes. It yes. does deal with media, but it doesn't deal no. with the celebrity of of a president themselves yeah. and also of the person who's going to either attempt to or succeed in killing the Absolutely. president. Or infamy. Like yeah. they mm-hmm. want yeah. they want to be remembered. Yeah. Oh, and this. Oh. So uh, some in, great in, songs. And I think that that is uh, a very uh, conscious effort on sometimes behalf to mm. make these what would in any other context be very villainous characters mm. into more personable characters with motivations beyond what you yeah. might. And the imagine. show doesn't try to make you agree with them. No, it just no. No, it wants it's you not, to it, look at them as properly. John Vibman says in the film. He's like, um, in the documentary, it was like, we're not asking you to sympathize with them. We're not asking you to empathize with them. We're asking you to give them time. Yeah, mm. like find out 
just a little bit of like why maybe they did what they did. It's like what happens when you ostracize somebody? My favorite thing about you sending me that documentary was the fact that these it's Sondheim and Vitamin and they're up there talking about the show and constantly you can tell that they're being like, we're not condoning what they did. Yeah. We're yeah. just exploring it. And they'll say something, mm. a fantastic little bit of commentary and then immediately go, but we don't think that killing him was the right thing to do. Yeah. But as we get further into the plot, you might find that some people here disagree. And I think that what? might have contributed <laughs> to its short runs. Yes, is, is the it's fact so that it controversial. Does kind of make people uncomfortable. Oh, because, and yeah. it raises the question of what happens when you try to kill a president? Yes. And that exists in context. And, and when you're watching the show, there is a now, sitting president. Could you imagine, like, the on-course oh. production and stuff like that, but, I mean, how I want to direct Assassins and how it should be directed? Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God, well, there will Perth be fire. Perth production recently, wasn't there? This yeah. Is a Sydney one as well. No, oh, yeah. Black's, Black Swan almost... Theatre Company and... You, the um the Sydney Opera House production. I almost with David flew Campbell. down for that one, um, but I just didn't have the money or the time. <laughs> but I was really sad to miss that one because the reviews were absolutely brilliant. So congratulations, yeah, STC. Yeah, friend of the absolutely. show, Spencer Bignall. Not STC. Uh, oh. Hayes Theatre Company. Oh Hayes. Hayes, it was Hayes. Sorry, sorry. Good old STC. Spencer Bignall. Pull it in. Getting up on stage yeah. in the middle of like in the middle of the show. Due to illness, he had to step. He up He stepped stage. up for Bobby Fox. Spencer, wow. doll. That's Didn't amazing. get to tell you at the what auditions role? for Spring Awakening. Uh, Giuseppe. Oh, that's, that's not an easy role. Yeah. Okay. Unbelievable. Love it. So um but quickly I suppose for the history of the show and production we can skip over like how it was made but more we need to know the context of the characters and what they did to warrant why this show was done. So we're going to quickly run through the character list from a historical perspective. Mm-hmm. They are changed somewhat for the show. And like this will mostly cover a lot of the plot. Plot as well. Yes. So right. we'll, we will touch on that again, but uh yeah. So um we've got uh I suppose first of all we'll start with um there's the proprietor. Um, mm. So the proprietor is sort of a carnival hostie. Yep. He's, yeah, he's. I picture him as a carny, but it just depends. It depends Absolutely. on he's the production. Spooker. He's yeah. a spooker, and this is a fellow who sort of hosts the space in which the show exists. Yeah. Um, and he is the one who um first offers all of the assassins their weapons at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. and also helps introduce their sort of their themes yeah. and what they're seeking and what mm-hmm. their goal is to the audience. And um, we have John Wilkes Booth. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, John Wilkes Booth was a Confederate sympathizer during the Civil War. He was a supporter of slavery and he was the assassin of um, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he did that to aid the Confederate cause as um, the Confederates at that point were faltering in the Civil War yes. and a few of their armies had fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have David Herald, who's a side character. He is an accomplice of John Wilkes Booth in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. We have Charles Gateau. So... Charles Gateau was the assassin of President James Garfield, a very religious man who felt that God had told him to kill Garfield. He was a loyal Republican who believed that he was the key to the success of the Republican Party um, and made multiple rejected job applications to President Garfield. Yeah. And the musical focuses on his obsession obsession with becoming the ambassador to France. (laughs) He killed Garfield to elevate a new Republican leader to the party. Um, And a lovely little tidbit I found out, he chose a more expensive ivory-handled revolver for the assassination, even though he couldn't afford it because he thought it would look better on display in a museum after his assassination. That's the, the thing president. about this infamy thing, I yes. think, is that they expect it to last forever. Yeah. Then we have oh, my boy. Love this <laughs> Your kid. boy. Wholesome sad boy, Leon Shulgosh. Oh, oh, I want oh. you to play him. Okay, we'll get to the casting later. I'm excited <laughs> already. Um, so Shulgosh was... um. 
the he was an American but of Polish descent. Um, a former steelworker who became an anarchist. He worked in his youth as a steelworker, but in the economic crash of 1893, um, factories were firing a lot of workers and also heavily reducing the wages of the remaining workers. This put Sholgosh and his brothers out of work. This sparked his interest in economic injustice and led him to develop ties with socialist clubs and eventually anarchism. Um, Sholgosh believed that there was a great injustice in American society and an inequality which allowed the wealthy to enrich themselves by exploiting the poor. Back then. Not Back now. Then, yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get into it. Um, he concluded that the reason for this was the structure of government itself. He assassinated um, William McKinley, stating before his execution, I killed the president because he was the enemy of the good people, the good working people. I am not sorry for my crime. I am sorry I could not see my father. Oh, what a boy! What a line! I know. I, I know. love an emotion guy. Um, then we have a minor character, but a character I love, Emma Goldman. Oh, um, yeah. An anarchist political activist and writer. She played a pivotal role in the development of um, anarchist political philosophy in North America and Europe in the first half of the 20th century. Emma Goldman uh, is also featured in the novel Ragtime. Yes. Correct. She's, yeah. oh, what a lady. Um, oh, so uh, she also interacts several times with Shulgosh. Um, in real life, but in the show, and she's very important for the development of that narrative. Um, we have Giuseppe Zangara. Um, he was an Italian immigrant who became a naturalized U.S. citizen. He was only five feet tall, um, which is interesting. All so he had to stand are. on a chair for his assassination attempt, which was his downfall <laughs> in many ways. Um, or was it? He was charged with first-degree murder during what appeared to be the attempt- attempted assassination of President-elect Franklin D. Roosevelt where he killed Anton Sermek, who was the mayor of Chicago. Mm-hmm. However, this has been questioned by some writers who actually believe that Sermek was the intended target all along, and it was just that he was killed at a, an event with, with Roosevelt FDR. present. Yeah. So there is actually a bit of questioning because, um, uh, interestingly, Giuseppe Zangara was a marksman in the Italian army, a highly accomplished one. So he would be So everyone hit. was what like, why would he miss he a miss. shot? And Unless yeah, someone he, like – People pushed him after he filed the – yeah. After he fired the first shot, um, but they were like, "How do you miss?" Yeah. Sure, he did long range weaponry, but how do you miss? So that's a really interesting question that is ongoing. Then we have Lee Harvey Oswald. This is probably who most people will be familiar with. Um, so probably the most well known character Oswald was the assassin of President JFK, um, John F. Kennedy, the um, convicted assassin. Yes, yes. we're not going to get into more detail because <laughs> that's oh. for the conspiracy theory podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you guys, guys listened on. If you guys want to get onto the internet and look up who killed JFK. Buddy, Oof. or if you want to get on Tinder and talk to some boys about it, there are some interesting answers. Um, according to shady, you shady lady. I didn't say anything. Um, we then have Samuel Bick, who attempted to assassinate um, Richard Nixon by hijacking an airliner and crashing it into the White House. My fave. Uh, um, through the process of his preparation for the attempt, he made audio recordings detailing his motives and appeared to expect to um, be received as a hero. And those audio recordings are what were used to develop his monologues in the show. Um, we also have John Hinckley Jr. Oh, 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 oh what a story. That guitar. Oh, so um, he's the attempted assassin of President <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Um, this was reportedly to gain the attention of the actress Jodie Foster, um, friend of the show, power lesbian Jodie Foster. Yes, yes. please. Um, he became obsessed with her after seeing her in the movie Taxi Driver. Me too. Um, uh, <laughs> he enrolled in Yale to stalk her and while she, while she was studying there and would slip poems and messages under her door. Creepy. Oh, yeah. Don't do and that. And repeatedly mm-hmm. call her on the phone. Before he attempted to kill Reagan, he wrote Foster the following note. Over the past seven months, I've left you dozens of poems, letters and love messages in the faint hope that you could develop an interest in me. 
Although we talked on the phone a couple of times, I never had the nerve to simply approach you and introduce myself. The reason I'm going ahead with this attempt now is because I cannot wait any longer to impress you. That makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. And after the shooting, he described the act as the greatest love offering in the history of the world. Yeah, no. Yeah. Just yeah. a sonnet, doll. Yeah. Or just not be creepy and yeah. slip people's stuff. Sometimes love oh. doesn't involve he was, murder. He was cleared. Sometimes. Sometimes. And he also, was cleared from his charges because he what? was deemed to be insane. Oh, that's where um, he's out. Yeah. yeah, and he, he, lived, he lived with his mother. He lived with his mother who cared for him. Um, we then have Lynette uh, from, uh, who was a member of the Manson family or Squeaky, as she was known. The reason she was known as Squeaky is really sad. Part of the Manson family saga was Charlie Manson in order to get the whole family living for free at a ranch, had several of the women in the family sleeping with this 80-year-old farmer who was blind, and that was the payment. They would help look after the ranch, but also give him sexual f- um, favours. The farmer um, named her Squeaky because that was the noise she made when he touched her. Yeah. Again, uncomfortable. I am shook mm. right now. Yeah, I'm so that's so why shook. she's known as um, Lynette Squeaky from. It's oh, really look sad. Look at KB's little bunny yeah. rabbit face. Um, so she was charged with the attempted assassination of um, President Gerald Ford. The musical claims she attempted to assassinate Ford so Manson would be pulled in as a witness on television so that everyone would learn from him. But uh, looking through the arguments and actual literature around it, there's lots of speculation as to why. Um, uh, then we have Sarah Jane Moore. Ah. Oh. Oh, Babe. Um, she was an FBI informant who um, was turned to revolutionary politics. Um, she attempted the assassination of President Gerald Ford 17 <laughs> days after Lynette Fromm did. So he had them coming. Uh, <laughs> it's said that the only reason she failed to kill Ford was that her gun, which she had just purchased in haste that morning after having her own gun confiscated by the police the day before, <laughs> was faulty and the sights were off. Um, so... In her conviction in court, they were like, she would have killed him if the gun wasn't dodgy. So she had. Well, that's she, right. She threw the bullets at him and was, said, bang, bang. She was solid. Um, some gorgeous quotes from her are I do regret I didn't succeed and allow the winds of change to start. I wish I had killed him. I did it to create chaos. Another quote is I didn't want to kill anybody, but there comes a point when the only way you can make a statement is to pick up a gun. Whoa. No worries, crazy. So, um,. Why this show is, I think, so important as a show and why I love it as a show is because it is a character study show. It's not so much a musical as it is a musical review. There are characters from multiple time frames coming in and talking to each other. It's more an exploration of characters through acting and song. And It's that, almost like a, like a song cycle that's it tied is. together. Yeah. We love a concept show. And line. like yeah. libretto is strong. It's yeah. great. So Ugh. they're the um, historical people that we're dealing with. They are changed somewhat and emphasised in certain ways for the show, but as you can probably already tell, they're really interesting characters and you're not really meant to like them. You're just meant to see them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a break. We'll come back and we will talk about the finer, the few finer points of the plot. All right, KB, what's right. the show about? Well, there were a couple of characters we didn't mention before. Yes. So we have the propri- proprietor. Why can't I say that word? Too many Ps um, that we mentioned. But we also have the Belladier who narrates the whole thing and it's meant to be the uh, personification of the American dream. And how great that is. Um, we also have... <laughs> <laughs> hey, do I detect a subtle undercurrent of She's doubt? subtle though, isn't she? I it don't was subtle. know what I've you got mean. A, I've got an ear. You've got an ear. It's just because Patrick's known me for a very long time, so I could probably pick it out. Yeah, it's the subtle too. Um, we also have... 
Billy, who is a fictional character, um, he is uh, Sarah Jane Moore's son. Um, she had a son, but his name was Frederick um, and not Billy. So I, I don't know whether that was too... Uh, Billy's a nice like, generic just, yeah. name, isn't it? It's like Billy is makes it just kind of it's along with the American dream, yeah. right there. Um, Frederick sounds very German. Yes, and you don't want that, do you? <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> um, but everyone else we mentioned before. So basically, you have nine men and women who you know a bit strange, don't really fit in, uh, maybe trying to prove something, John Wilkes Booth, um, who attempt to assassinate American presidents. Or successfully Successfully, assassinate American presidents. Some successful, a lot aren't. I guess in in I guess it's half half kind mm, of yeah. as half half as you can with nine. Assassinations um, have traditionally got less successful as we yes. get closer to the present. It's it's yes. You can't just shoot someone you in the back of the head in the theater anymore. No, it's gauche. It's just gauche. It's, it's on been done. One day, Patrick, we'll get back to the good days. <laughs> uh, you can. Are you releasing this pod? <laughs> 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 I, I intend to, yeah, this is the call to start the revolution. Oh, oh, are we doing that now? Um, okay, KB, after plot, we'll start the revolution. <laughs> um, I choose neither to admit or deny my, my, uh, my involvement. Oh, KB's as red as the day is long. <laughs> um, um, but like we said before, it's not your, your typical walk down a history lane, I guess, in a way, um, because it's all set as part of this a murderous carnival game mm. that is being hosted by the propri- proprietor um, who draws in all these people by telling them that all their problems will disappear if they kill a president. Um, so, yeah. yeah. He really is the figure of the, like of the temptation, of the thought, yes. of the premeditation. He's well, just the, that one of the precise. first things he's here, he says is, come here and shoot a president. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's jarring. And so they go, yes, give me my gun. Let's do this thing. <laughs> and then we get, yeah, a review-style musical of, of nine kind of uh, storyline, vignette kind of uh, moments yeah. of, of this either attempt or successful uh, and assassination. And there's not too many historical inaccuracies in the whole text. There, there it's just isn't. a lot of editorial yeah. kind of about what they were thinking and yeah. why they were doing what why, they were And, doing. like, John Wilkes Booth, you don't see the assassination. It's no. after the assassination um, and kind of justifying why he did it um, with interjections from of, from the balladeer being like, are you sure that's why you did it? Um, and I don't, I don't believe you, so I'm just going <laughs> to burn all the evidence. Um, <laughs> um, but I think my favourite... Um, of it is that they it, is it is it from the character from yeah from um right? yeah. yeah I don't want to call her squeaky anymore <laughs> yeah. and more um become friends yeah um, they have a fantastic have, scene together they have a mutual oh. um uh, acquaintance in <laughs> Charles Manson <laughs> um and and they they become um they become friends and then assassinate try attempt to assassinate the president together which didn't actually Correct. happen no. but it is uh, Jess mentioned before I think that was my favorite thing reading the synopsis is laughing out loud at, at the bullets being thrown at the president <laughs> oh. with bang, bang. bang it's so and it's um the show has a lot of comedy like that as yeah. well like for the subject matter it's dealing with there are lots of scenes where you get 
two people from different time periods, not so much um, from and Sarah Jane Moore, but uh, <laughs> some of the other characters talking to each other. Yes. And it shouldn't, that cannot happen. Like John no. Wilkes Booth to Zangara being yeah. like, you should really do something. They, all, yes. they, yeah. they come, they come back to this carnival setting a lot and kind of either sh- like uh, egg each other on. Yes. Once yeah, one's absolutely. done it, they, they're now knowledgeable yeah. in the fact. And I think um, the end scene where they all come back as ghosts and are like, Lee Harvey Oswald, you can do it. This is how your life is going to change. <laughs> oh, I love that. Like, that obviously. I mean, it may have happened. We don't know. I wasn't there. You can't prove it. But uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but there are there are definitely moments. That's that's pretty much it. I could go into every uh, nine every storyline. I don't think we but need look, to. Look, that that's about three thousand pages long, and we don't really <laughs> need to do that. So, but there are. I think the one the thing I love about this show is there are some moments where you get to see some of the characters understand each other like no one yes. else could because only they are in each other's position. But also they tend to each other's wounds, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm but it's also quite sweet and it makes you the, – the awkward thing about this show is it makes you care for these people as people. Yes. Which then you become horrified by some of the things that they say and do. Yeah. And so it's that wonderful sort of clash of how you're meant to react you're to like, that and that's oh, the power of the factory this. work is horrendous and I'm so oh, sorry for gosh. you, but whoa. No, 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 he's fine. He's a good boy. We love him. Um, we'll get to that in the songs though because his songs are bangers. But it's true. Look at the well, gleam in your eyes when you're talking about Shulgosh. I don't know what you're talking about. Nah. All right, well, let's take Fuck a break. Shulgosh. And we'll come back and we will talk about all of the songs, including his. Okie dokie, let's talk music. So no overture. We have Everybody's Got the Right, which is the proprietor. Banger. Straight (laughs) off the bat. This is going to be a long process. And (laughs) all of the assassins except Osborne. Because he doesn't Mm -mm -mm -mm. appear until the very end. Correct. Spoiler alert, KB. I I have a confession in that I have no idea what Assassins is, nor have I ever listened to it or seen it. So I'm trying to figure it out in my brain. It's it's good is what we need to know. I think it is underappreciated. It is my favourite Sondheim. This show I think is better and I find more enjoyable than, and I know, there are good shows by this boy, (laughs) but this one is special. Anyway, everybody's the more got I've the watched, right. The more I've watched it over the last, because we were meant to do this podcast weeks ago and I... I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Pat noped out and I've been listening to it nonstop for about two months. Everybody's got the right. To what be happy. It? Banger. Moving on. I find it, I will say, I find it very hard to listen to this more than once or twice in a row. Oh, um, all day, the song or the every day. The right. soundtrack yeah. altogether. Okay. Everyone's Got the Right is a great song. It's a great introduction to a show. And it's classic musical theatre. And also, yeah. production. The, I mean, the one uh, thing that's available on Spotify, Mark Kudish playing the proprietor, his so, voice is like <laughs> butter. I, yeah. Come here and to the president. It's so oh, good. Delicious. It's so good. And then what I love about this song is it brings in all the assassins except for John... Um, booth. Yes. And what happens is they're all introduced and they're given their guns and then all of a sudden the proprietor introduces him as the herald who started it all and gives <laughs> them the power to yeah. do what needs to be done. Because he was and the then, first. He and was. what happens is they all come in and they're squabbling and then 
the proprietor and John Wilkes Booth sing together about what you deserve and what you need to be happy. And that brings all of them together into this sort of, it's not a kick line, they all march towards the front of the stage. And ah, anyway, next song. Holding guns, awesome. The political version of a kick line. The political version is a march. A kick line that's like this is So then we move on to the actual characters talking about their actual experiences with the Ballad of Booth, which is the balladeer in Booth. That's going to happen after every song, ladies and gentlemen. I love it, honestly. It's a powerful, it's done well. Like for someone who you Tony, award winning, Michael Cerverus singing yeah. this song. That's great. Yes, That's great. please. It's amazing. Thank you. How I Saved Roosevelt. Oh, another the banger. The and the rest of the ensemble. Another this banger. This one's funny, um, yeah. but also very, very tragic at the end. And the way that this song plays out, it's in two sort of counterparts. In the electric You've got, chair. Um, Giuseppe Zangara in the electric chair, and then you have all of the people who stopped him from um, who killing stopped the president him by in yeah. after comments. he fired the first shot. Potentially, they all started to push him and grab him and literally sort of. Mm. And so, literally, him. every person who touched him claims responsibility for saving the president. Yes, and they're all it's which you know is not unusual in yeah. today's media <laughs> when something happens. What's next? The gun song. Like, I know I've been getting excited. Banger, ones, banger, banger. Crazy. Such a banger. So this is Shulgosh's song. I did warn you song. all. Oh, this is the song. Well, yeah, okay. Two, but one is sung by him and one is sung by the Balladeer. We'll get to the other one next. But this one is actually a barbershop quartet. And it's all, it's um, Shulgosh, it's uh, Sarah Jane Moore, it is uh, Booth. Booth and Gateau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All singing about their relationship with their gun. And you get to see all of the characters come together and their voices are quite discordant in the quartet. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't mesh. But it's fantastic. It's But it's like, oh, just that. Mm. Mm. This is, that, I wish you could mm. see this the, is the real time yeah. composition. Yeah. Like if they, and it's like the tempo changes, like especially into Sarah Jane Moore because it's so disjointed. Copyright. I didn't say any words. But um and uh you really get to see why Shalgosh does what he does oh, in this scene and it's that just moody beautiful bugger. and he's so he is mad wounded as a man and so angry and it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, because you know, that's what we find beautiful, the wounded people who are going to <laughs> kill But he's got the, the jacket and the hat and he's just oh, like, as long as he's dressed as long for as the he's part beautiful. of oh, he is and he is dressed heaven. for the part. Uh, heaven. Well, we do move on to the ballad of Shalgosh, oh. which is the balladia. And the ensemble, so Shalgosh isn't in this one. Now mm-hmm. he he's on the stage. Yeah, but he, doesn't he doesn't sing. sing. So this mm-hmm. is a narration of Shalgosh's Shalgosh's assassination of um, William McKinley. Yeah. And what I love about this one, and it's so clever in what it does, is the song repeats re- repeats the same structure several times as Shalgosh waits in line to shake William McKinley's hand. Yeah. And the song slowly builds and repeats, and there's the refrain of um. Uh, basically uh, you can work your way to the head of the line mm-hmm. is the reporting thing. It's about being in America and if you just work hard, you'll get there. Yeah. And Shalgosh's whole story is about the fact that no matter how hard you work, the system is pitted against you and you will not get anywhere and it's not made to then, help you. Then, not now, right, Patrick? Oh, I, I couldn't speculate. <laughs> no, no. Possibly. Um, <laughs> no, but what no. I also love about it is the song raises a lot of things about William McKinley about how he was – um, an extremely overweight man. His favourite food was beef and he collected mm. coins. He literally collected money for fun, not because he needed money, but <laughs> because it was fun to collect it and store it away. And then yeah. you have Sholgosh come in, yeah. McKinley offers his hand, Sholgosh slaps it out of the way and shoots him. Yeah. And it's just, 
the perfect representation. You're and it's such a nerd. I love it. I wish beautiful. that you could see how there's a lot of excited arms. <laughs> and how much yeah. love Patrick has for this show. This song was the first song I ever heard from this show. Zane told me to download this show years and years and years ago, and I You're got welcome. it off iTunes. <laughs> um, and then love. I, for some reason, never listened to it, and my uh, phone was on shuffle one day, and this song came up. And I was like, what, what is this? This is brilliant. What is this brilliant musical? And I found this and I was like, I love this song. It's too high for me. I can't sing it. But We can bring it down. This. <laughs> no, no, he's not playing balladier. He's no, playing no, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but um, anyway, thank you, Zane, because this is the song that started it all. You're welcome. We shall move on to Unworthy of Your Love. This is my song. <laughs> this is my song. Okay. All right. So this is Hinkley and From. Out of context, this is the most beautiful love song Ever. And then you slap on the context of Hinkley talking about Jodie Foster and Frome talking about Charles Manson and you're like, what the shit is going on? He's yes, this is my song. Do you know how I got introduced to this song? How? John Barrowman and Old Mate. What's her name? I don't know uh, her name. British Fontaine in the 10th anniversary production of Les Mis. Oh, oh Ruthie Henschel? Yeah, singing how this. How did I know that? <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> okay. So there's this like Sondheim like review show putting it together. There's Carol Burnett, there's somebody else, and then there's John Barrowman and Ruthie Henschel singing this song. And I heard it and I was like, this is the sexiest song. Well, because it's like a top of the pops 1960s oh, style love song. Just gorge. And then But then you realize they're monsters. Then you realize <laughs> it's John Hinckley talking about Jodie Foster, who's a, like the photo of her is her in taxi driver when she was she's 12. Tra- she's playing a child prostitute in that film for yeah. context. Oh, this song. Yes. Banger. Banger, 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 banger. Can I say, I appreciate that you love this song so much, (laughs) but But. this song has never failed to make me feel uncomfortable. Exactly. It's meant to. It's meant to. Okay, and I I think that's partially my fault. I once auditioned with this song to Zane. (sighs) So, um, and he looked uncomfortable and I think it was my singing, but hopefully it was also (laughs) this song. No, no, I feel like it was the song. Probably both, probably both. God, it's my dream to sing this song. I want that. We're going to get drunk and do it together one day. Oh, that will be please, in about Patrick. five seconds, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Right. After the show, <laughs> you can get drunk. <laughs> oh, okay, so let's move on. So Carry we have the Ballad mm. of Guiteau. <gasps> this, yes. Okay, this is a recent is new favourite of mine. This is a favourite of this mine. This is my top brilliant, especially Dennis O'Hare doing this. Like, oh, like no wonder he got nominated for the Tony for this. Like, Okay, so Stunning. context for KB who hasn't heard. Yeah, this I'm song. just like, yeah, this sounds so great. So this song we open with um Gateau, who was the extremely religious man mm-hmm. who believed that God had told him to assassinate. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't Nixon. even remember. No, Ray- no Reagan. No. no, which one? I've got it. Um, early, early, early. Uh, Garfield. 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 Um, because he wanted to be the president. He wanted to be the ambassador. To that's France. right. And also now he I know where we're at. Garfield was holding the Republican Party back. Um, and so, but what this is is it opens with. The, le- the words from the actual letter that he wrote, he wrote a hymn before he was hanged, um, which was intended to be sung by children. And it opens with his character singing the words to that hymn um, a cappella. Yeah. And then the balladier comes in and explains what happens. And you have uh, Gateau doing this overly optimistic, excited, I'm going to be with God because I did yes. the right thing, walk to the gallows. Well, that's, I've always found that, I found that interesting and it's such when I read it in the book. spirited amazing song mm. and then the climax at the end i don't want to ruin it for the audience please listen to the song because the transition emotionally that the actor goes through in the 2004 I recording will be it's amazing oh. and this, this is really a, a great example of what you were talking about before where the music is totally different to what's happening on stage yeah, yeah and this is a classic use of those folk songs which yeah. are those bright 
They got banjo songs. going on, oh. like you're feeling things, and then it's like boom. Yeah, so this is it's a duet between the <laughs> balladeer and um, Gato, and it's just stunning. And it's an acting piece. Every single song in this show is an yeah. acting piece. It's not really about the singing, but nah, the mate. singing is so good. Yeah. Mate. So we have another group number after this, another national anthem. Brilliant. This Climax. Is this is, no, this is. Musically, this is the climax of the yeah. show, and that's what Sondheim says. Like, this yeah. is all building to this point, and then shit falls to the wayside after this. But, like, you're building, 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 building. Oh, my God, this is such a good song. Mm. Banger, banger, where, banger. I have nothing else to say. Is that, like, towards the end of the show? Yes, we're getting yeah. to so We're about this, three quarters of the way. This yeah. is the uh, fourth last song yeah. of the show. So what's happened here is all of the assassins have either killed their presidents yeah. and he's their trying outcomes to like, haven't been reached. Yeah. Or... They have failed. Yeah. They come together and the proprietor. They're like, of, where's my prize? Yeah. I did what you said. It's literally the repeat of, the repeat of re- where's my prize and the proprietor yeah. riles them up and gets yeah. them angry and sort of yeah. stirs up that malice again. And the balladeer, comes, and the balladeer <laughs> comes in to try and settle it. Yeah. But, and depending on the production, that twists towards the end as well. And it's a beautiful song because mm-hmm. you just get, again, the – the downfall of that passion and these people who have striven for something and yes, it's objectionable, but it is, it's heartbreaking to see. And if this is acted well to see how heartbroken they are and how angry they are. Probably the best line from the musical is in this song. If you can't do what you want to, then you do the thing you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) That's heavy. Flawed, flawed, like, on the ground, dead, done, cooked. <laughs> she you know? She's so on the ground. Is he sometimes good? Yeah. What? After another national anthem, we move on to the introduction of Oswald. Here we go. With November 22, 1963. Yes, or it's um, titled as Take a Look Lee in the 2004 recording because it amazing, changed it around a lot. Amazing scene initially between Booth and Oswald because Oswald's about to off himself mm. and Booth's like, you know what? Why don't you, why don't you kill JFK? He can do it. And so this just is, crouch down next to that window. And it's so funny because again, uh, Jessica Ryan, thank you for sharing this documentary. But there's this moment where Stephen Sondheim says, "We originally considered turning the ballad into Lee Harvey Oswald." Well, sometimes productions do. Well, and that's do the thing. It. And he goes, "But we don't recommend that you do that." No. And then the 2004 production did it. Yeah. And it is. Stunning, yeah. and you see the ballady who is the moral center of the show and the epitome of the American dream, falling to the same despair that every other character has, and these all these other characters who have tried their best to achieve what they need to in life, begging him to help them do what because they couldn't do in their them, own lives. Because without them, they're obscure, they're yeah. weird, yeah. they're this, they're that. Whereas he does he it. Continues the history. He of continues the history. If he does it, then they get brought back yeah. into yes, to yeah. life. and their lives are given yeah. meaning again, and people remember who they were, yeah. and they convince him, and he turns, and it's just mind-boggling. So the next song uh, was added in '92 yes. for London. It's uh, something just broke. Mm-hmm. I think that's the ensemble. Like summing up what especially what J- what happened when JFK was assassinated, yeah. like the tone of the country like completely changed. Like you talk about moments in history where innocence dies. Mm. Number one is when JFK died. Like the world fell apart. The closest thing I can understand from my lifetime is when Princess Diana died. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's that, because I wasn't alive at the time of the JFK thing, obviously. It's that but period it's that, of mourning and everyone yeah. can remember, like the people that were alive when JFK died, pinpointing that exact moment where you were in your life and in history, 
And it's just beautiful. Unbelievable. And especially like Kendra Kasselbaum, who sings the majority of it in the 2004 production, which is the the album. Like it's delicate and fragile and just. Completely different from the rest of the show musically. Completely. Because you finally get to see the side of the public. Mm hmm. But that song got taken out later or now it remains? No, so it it wasn't in the original. It was added in in 92 and stays in there. People liked it. And it wouldn't be. Top of that list is Patrick and I. It would not be a Sondheim show Mm. without a reprise. Oh, got to love a reprise. And the very last Uh, is the very first. Wine glass down. Everybody's got the right. (laughs) Reprise. No, who would have <laughs> just the? But it's a good one. <laughs> like every other. I don't song even know what to say. Show. Just listen to it. You need and you need yeah. to. The good thing about this show is you can get the soundtrack and listen to it, and it tells the story. It's one of those soundtrack musicals. There are some musicals that I love that suffer because they're not soundtrack musicals, so mm. you can't pick them up and listen to. Whereas them you listen to this, you know product. what's going on. You get the product if you listen to the songs because it is a review style show, mm. and when they re- these themes get revisited, mm-hmm. and ah. Uh, you and it's, it's also this song as well as a closing of a musical, very visual. Like you can kind of picture in your head like what's – like I, I feel like before I saw like the mm. – oh, I'm sorry, I watched the bootleg. But like before I <laughs> watched watch the, the before I watched the bootleg, mm. I could literally stage this yeah. in my head because it's so – The intention is clear of what the song's oh, meant to do. And it, it just wraps it, it up. It's just And perfect. the direction is that at the end all of the assassins pull out their weapons and yeah. hold them up to the sky and then as they hold their last note, lower them down to the audience and the lights drop as the note falls off. That is beautiful. my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not sure that was there originally because there's a visual gag that Sondheim talks about, again in that doco that you sent, where um, uh, Gateau has mm. a moment where um, he says uh, – uh, something talking about the value of a gun and he pauses as to why you'd want a gun and points the gun at the audience. And he says, it's the only time we do this in the show and points the um, barrel at every single member of the audience you can find and then says, everybody pays attention is the next line in the song. Yeah, yeah. And he stops the song pause. to just threaten everyone for a little while. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if the add-in of that, the guns pointing at the end was mm-hmm. from later productions, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's, that's the show. So it's all you need. Um, by all means, give it a, a listen. Like, it's not regular Sondheim. I'm going to say this is a bit out of the uh, out of the expected for Sondheim. I feel like it's a little bit easier to listen to than some Sondheim. Yeah, it's, it's a very bit more say that, yeah. yeah, it's very classic musical theatre in a lot of ways, very bokey in a lot of ways. I mean, for people that you. have complained no. to me that they don't like Stephen Sondheim because of Sweeney Todd, I was like, listen to Assassin. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different show. It's a very, like, mm. All right. Oh, and all the music is from the periods that the characters are from. Did we cover that? We yeah. did cover that. You did. Great. But it is. Yeah. Let's do it, Greg. Well, yes. come back okay. and we will talk. Who's been in the show? Get ready. Oh. Okay. JKR. Oh, strap in, folks. You're in for a bumpy <laughs> ride. All right. So, Off-Broadway 1992. I'm only doing three productions, so, okay. Director, Jerry Zaks, love him. Original Kanicki and Grease on Broadway. He also directed Hello, Dolly in 2017 and Lacage. So, love him. His daughter, also Emma, was in Legally Blonde Search for the New Elle Woods. Huh. She did not win. (laughs) All right. Let's start with the proprietor, played by William Parry, known for Groundhog Day, Gypsy in 2003 with Bernie. Passion, Sunday in the Park with, with George. Bernie. The Balladeer. Here we go. 
Patrick Cassidy, son of Shirley Jones, who was pregnant with him when she filmed The Music Man. Boom. What? There you go. It's in his soul. There you go. Also known for... Also known for Pirates of Penzance, 42nd Street, and Joseph. He definitely has that long Joseph hair going on. Oh, Oh, here we go. My man, my love, my light. John Wilkes Booth, Victor Garber. Shut the damn door. He's such a wholesome boy. I can't believe he did this, but I can see it. I can see it. Okay, so Victor Garber, obviously known for Godspell, the amazing 2002 film movie of Annie, the Disney one. Brilliant, Sleepless in Seattle, iconic, Legally yep. Blonde, iconic, yep. Hello Dolly, replacing David Hyde Pierce most recently. All right, Charles Gateau. We've got Jonathan Hart- Hattery, known for Spamalot, um, Millennium Approaches, which is the first part of Angels in America. Then you got Leon Cholgosh, played by Terrence Mann what? in Cats. Mm. We'll forgive him. Finding Neverland, <laughs> he was terrible. <laughs> Pippin, Larry in a Chorus Line movie, which I didn't know. And then I was like, surely not. And then I watched the step, push, turn, pivot, turn, yep. something. And that's that's Terrence Mann. Tuck Everlasting, Les Mis, Rocky Horror, Beauty and the Beast, Rags, Camelot, and The Addams Family. Giuseppe Zangara, uh, Eddie Corbich, known for Breakfast at Tiffany, was with Amelia Clark. Squeaky Frome was Annie Golden. Her song, Hang Up the Phone, was in 16 Candles. So Anya, <laughs> Anya <laughs> Annie Golden. Look. Anya Annie Golden. <laughs> uh, so she was also in the original workshop for Carrie the Musical, Hair, mm-hmm. and also Violet with our friend of the podcast, Sutton Foster. She isn't loves she, the isn't show. is she in uh, Orange is the New Black? Might be. At least I'm, she gonna, is. I'm just going to, what's her name again? Annie Golden. Annie Golden. All right. We're on to Sarah Jane Moore, star. Love it. Live it. Deborah Monk. Mwah. Tony yeah. Award for Redwood Mwah. Curtains, Steel Pier, Curtains, Bridges of Man- Madison County movie with Meryl Streep, Center Stage is Maureen's mom. Do you remember Maureen, the anorexic oh, ballet dancer? Yeah. That's, that's her. Deborah Monk. Live those <laughs> that, dreams, that, Deborah Monk. That show, Deborah Monk. that film was on Channel 10 a lot when I was in high school. <laughs> I live for that movie. Live for it. I'm just okay. going to interject and say that Zane was right. She Annie plays in- Norma. Romano? She's Norma. Yes. Yeah. Norma yeah. does it and Norma doesn't speak. Norma's no. mute. Yeah. I don't care that about is... Orange is the New Black because it's boring. But she does <laughs> um, sing she in does. the Christmas special. She does sing in the Christmas special. All righty. So then we're on to John Hinckley Jr., Greg, uh, Greg Gurman, known for Ali McBeal. Good for you, oh, doll. what a great show. <laughs> uh, Chicago, Child's Play and Once Upon a Time. Samuel Bick, played by Lee Wilcoff, originated Seymour in Little Shop. Kiss oh. Me Kate was also in Breakfast at Tiffany's with oh, Amelia Clark. Wicked and Waitress. So then we got Lee Harvey Oswald. So at this point in 92, the Balladier and Lee Harvey Oswald were separate, separate roles. roles um, even though uh, Patrick and KB so gracefully uh, covered that earlier. Uh, we're not going to get into uh, Jace Alexander who played Livy Has- Lee Harvey Oswald because he is a controversial guy who's done some fucked up shit. So no way. <laughs> David Harold, played by Marcus Olsen, uh, known for Passion, also in Law and Order. Good for you. <laughs> That's a popular pa- show. Good pa- for you. As in Passion, the... The Stephen Sondheim musical. Okay, I was about to be like, like passions, like Not soap that opera. Gr- <laughs> that great soap opera with the witch and the ventriloquist dummy yeah. that came to life that I used to watch when I was sick. All the time. Yeah, Tabitha. Yes. <laughs> Tabitha can get it. So uh, Patrick's main love, Emma Goldman, played by Lenny Greeny, played young B. Arthur on The Golden Girls. Hands up. <laughs> Hands up, Lenny Greeny. You yes, really went into these. Uh, also, she's had months. <laughs> Also an executive producer on Masters of Sex, which is an amazing television Ooh. show if you haven't watched it. Annalie Ashford is in that. All right. 
Studio 54 production. The, oh, this is the, uh, the one. Broadway. This, this is a good one. Directed by Joe Mantello. Ooh. Absolute hero. So um, <laughs> he played Ned Weeks in The Normal Heart. Mantello having moved to NYC in the midst of the AIDS crisis in 1984. He directed Wicked, Other Desert Cities with Stockard Channing, Dogfight, The Last Ship, and played Tom in the 2017 production of The Glass Menagerie with Sally Amazing. Field, directed by Slam Gold. Goals, what? What? living, what? dreams, always. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, so the musical staging was by Jonathan Butterall, choreographer The Light in the Piazza, 2003 revival of Nine, 2004 revival of Fiddler. He's Everybody's working. talking about Jamie. Yeah, yeah, so good, guys. Such a good musical. <laughs> We're going to talk about it in a bit, and which is currently on the West End. Okay, so Ellen J. McCarthy serving as the T-shirt projection designer, bit of a big yes. deal because projection wasn't really done, especially on a human person with a white T-shirt on. Congratulations, Ellen, Elaine J. McCarthy. Well Great. Okay. The proprietor. Oh, my God. Mark Kudish. Mm. Nine to five. Heaven. Thoroughly modern Millie. Heaven. Beauty and the Beast. Um, the other wild party that nobody cares about and a oh, little night music. I hate music. that wild party, <laughs> but I that. love his chocolatey voice. <laughs> so good. All right. Then we got the ballad, the balladier. Um, so the UK, obviously, um, was uh, – uh, you know, the UK before this, they changed it so that Balladeer and Lee Harvey Oswald was played by the same person. So, you good man playing the Balladeer and Lee Harvey Oswald, we got Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, yeah. NPA, this has him. become a sports bar. <laughs> I love it. So, we got, before this, he was mainly uh, known for playing Doogie Howes of MD. He was in the 1997 tour of If you of don't Rent. know who Neil Patrick Harris is, turn <laughs> off Dole. this podcast Dole. right Dole. we got to cover it. we got to cover it. I've done my research. 2001 production of Sweeney Todd, 2003 um, uh, Cabaret, he replaced Alan Cumming. Um, directed Rent in 2010, was Bobby in the company concert. Excellent host of the Tonys, Hedvig and How I Met Your Mother. Boom. What, what? There we go. John Wilkes Booth, friend of the podcast, my love, my light. I have a selfie with him. We can post it on the Facebook. That's Michael Cerverus on your boy. Um, (laughs) The Who's Tommy, Avida, Fun Home, Sweeney Todd, Passion, Hedvig in the the West End. Uh, The Vibrator Play, Sunday in the Park with George, Hedda Gabler, The Apple Tree, basically anything important, the end. Just all the things. Everything. He works. He's busy. Jesus. He makes the money. And he's honestly the nicest guy I've ever met. He's so great. Okay. Excuse you. I'm right here. Let's she continue stands with the show. by what she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charles Guiteau, we got Dennis O'Hare, Lauren Order, both SVU and Criminal Intent. Ooh. Anya, Anya, Anya. Great. Into the Woods, Milk, 21 Grams, Oscar in the Sweet Charity Revival with uh, Old Mate, um, True Blood, American Horror Story, and The Good Wife. Anya. He's very good. Uh, Leon Cholgosh, we got James Stacey Barber, Tale of Two Cities, Town, which I know Patrick Aiken yeah. loves. Yeah. Town, doesn't he? I do. You do love them musicals called Urinetown. Um, <laughs> They're my favourite musicals. Uh, so also, it turns out that this guy is a rapist and a Scientologist. So, oh. great. Moving Let's on. Let's skip over that right there. Uh, All just- right. He's <laughs> my favourite character in the show. Yep. Oh, uh, oh no. Giuseppe Zangara, we got Jeffrey Kuhn, understudied Mother's Younger Brother, and Harry Houdini in Ragtime, The Lion King replacing Azazu, Spamalot, The 39 Steps, and Silence the Musical, which I wanted to include because I love Silence of the Lambs. It's an amazing movie. <laughs> Have you listened to Silence the Musical? No, I haven't. I don't Very know. Very different. To. It needs more is there, silence. Yeah, is there any sound on the okay. soundtrack? <laughs> great, 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 great. Squeaky Frome, Mary Catherine Garrison. Uh, so she was in The Man Who Came to Dinner with Nathan Lane. Um, Sophie Brookheimer in Veep, uh, The Good Wife and 30 Rock. Mm. 
Uh, Sarah Jane Moore, we got Becky Ann Baker, Best Little Hall House in Texas, Titanic, which I have to say I'm in the middle of right now. I've, I'm about uh, halfway through four listens of it. Brilliant show. Definitely want to talk about it on the pod. Have you never listened to Titanic before? Never done it before. It's an uh, it's a very underappreciated show. Wow. Very good. That show is so good. Ladies Made. What's it about? Uh, it's about uh, <laughs> the Arctic. The Arctic. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, Sarah J- uh, Becky Ann Baker, also in Merrily as Mary, Streetcar Named Desire, Girls, which she was nominated for an Emmy and a Critics' Choice Award. Anya. Bringing it home. Yep. SVU and and really? just to like just next level. Yeah. Played Mrs. Cartwright in Smash. Whoa. She played Karen Cartwright's <laughs> mother in Smash. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Great. Okay, John Hinckley Jr., we got Alexander Gimignani. Father is Paul Gimignani, just to put it out there, but he's very good on his own merit. Um, Sweeney Todd, Les Mis, South Pacific, Chicago, Violet, King George in the Chicago production of Hamilton, Passion with Michael Cerveris and Patti Lapone, and Carousel, which he was nominated for the Tony for this year. Sam Bick, the star of the show, Mario Cantone, most famous as Anthony Marantino and sh- as Charlotte's gay best friend on Sex and City, stand-up oh, comedian. That's, it is him. That's him. Mm-hmm. Nathan's Lane, Nathan Lane's oh replacement my. in Terrence McNally's Love, Valor, Compassion turned down the role of Cameron Gear in the producer's Carmen lol. Gia. Carmen Gear. Yeah. Lol. Yeah, that's the one that mistake. Was, that's a big yeah. mistake. That's a mistake. He okay. may have been doing we all make other a mistake. things, guys. Look, yeah. okay. people Mine make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> other people make their mistakes. Jesus, that's dark. <laughs> it's a dark show. Welcome. All right. Um, so David Herald, we've got Brandon Wardell. Couldn't find any info on him. We've got Emma Goldman, played by Anne L. Nathan. Uh, Chicago, Les Mis, Ragtime, Sunday in the Park with George, Submissions Only, Law and Order, three different versions. Great job. Three different versions of Law and Order. Hats as off. the same character or as different Yeah, she's characters? a she's a um defense lawyer. It seems right. like a lot of these actors have been on Law and Order and I just I don't know whether that's like a thing that they it's, they see assassins and they decide that it's a Law and Order cast kind of show. I, mean, I think it, I mean, I think it's just it might a lot be of the, New York actors are in Law and Order. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think they're Law and Order cast from New York. Yeah. And a lot of New um, York actors are also on Broadway. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Anne L. Nathan was also in Once and It Should Have Been You with Sierra Burgess. Uh, housewife, Kendra Kassenbaum, what a babe. Rent, Wicked, Company, Elf the Musical, Carrie, Come From Away, Mamma Mia, and Ragtime. For context, Housewife is the lead um, singer of Something Just Something Broke. Something Just Broke. There we go. All right, here we go. Third, final, sorry, busy. I've just been researching this show forever and I'm just obsessed with it. London Revival, Minor Chocolate, Manier, Chocolate Factory, whatever you want to call it. Directed by Jamie Lloyd, set and costume designed by Sutra Gilmore, lighting designed by Neil Austin, sound designed by Gregory Clark, choreography by Chris Bailey, uh, musical supervision and musical direction by Alan Williams, orchestrations by Bruce Coughlin, hair and makeup by Richard uh, Morbury. Proprietor Simon Lipkin originated uh, Nikki and Trekkie in the West End oh, Avenue Q. Uh, Rock of Ages, Guys and Dolls, I Love You, Your Perfect Now Change. Uh, the Balladeer and Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, Jamie. What's his name? Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Uh, uh, Jamie Baker. Come back to it. Do the rest of the cast. I'll find him. Okay, good. Uh, John Wilkes Booth, uh, Aaron Tveite, then replaced oh. by Michael Xavier. So Aaron Tveite, hey, you babe. would know from Catch Me If You Can, Moulin Rouge, Les Mis. The Les Mis film, uh, Grease Live Company, Trip Vanderbilt and Gossip Girl, iconic. Brain dead. Uh, next, to normal, next to Normal, Wicked, mainly all the hot people in musicals. Um, Michael Xavier, Into the Woods, uh, Sunset Boulevard with Glenn Close, both West End and Broadway. Prince of Broadway Show, which was all about Hal Prince. Uh, the Secret Garden, Sound of Music, Soho Cinders, Miss Saigon, My Fair Lady, Phantom of the Opera. How you going with getting his last name? I'm pretty sure he just won the Tony. What's his name? Jamie Baker? 
Jamie Baker, Jamie Baker, Jamie, Jamie Baker. Parker. Was Jamie the Parker. Balladeer. Here we go. Jamie Parker, Lee Harvey Oswald and the Balladeer. The History Boys, brilliant play, also excellent movie. Was Harry Potter and Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Amazing. Was nominated for the Tony this year. Uh, Henry V, Valkyrie, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead and High Society. Sarah Jane Moore. Nope, Charles Gateau. No, no. Andy Nyman, he was in Star Wars, Peaky Blinders, EastEnders, Death at a Funeral and Kick-Ass 2. Uh, Leon Col- Cholgosh played by David Roberts. Couldn't find any information on him. Sure. Here, they just got yeah. Cholgosh. They got him. They got him. And it was good. Uh, Giuseppe Zangara played by Stuart Clough. First off, he is hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Moonstone, Ghost the Musical. I have no other information other than you can buy merchandise with his name on it. Congratulations. And uh, Squeaky Fryer played by Carly Borden. Uh, Wonderland, My Fair Lady, Evita, Whistle Down the Wind, Twelfth Night, Sylvia, Stephen Ward, The Musical. Sarah Jane Moore played by Catherine Tay. Yay, yay. That, that is inspired casting. It's very Brilliant. good casting. Uh, oh, Catherine Tay, I heard she did a good job. I read some reviews and she's very she good. Very good. I would have paid all the money in the world. Just <laughs> so good. It's a good uh, so Catherine Tate, you would know from the Catherine Tate show, The Office, Doctor Who, Much Ado About Nothing with and Much Ado About Nothing with David Tennant. Uh, John Hinckley played by Harry Morrison, My Fair Lady, Guys and Dolls, Crazy For You, Oliver, Lend Me A Tenor, Joseph and His Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Also, this guy is visually who you should hire as John Hinckley Jr. Mm. Oh, my <laughs> God. Again, it's like they just got him. It's scary. He, like, it's terrifying. Whatever you thought John Hinckley Jr., a guy that's obsessed with 12-year-old Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver, that is this guy. Oof. That makes me uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> Samuel Bick, we got Mike McShane. Uh, Iconic Seinfeld, that amazing Disney movie, The Tower of Terror, with yep. Kristen Dunst. <laughs> yeah. He's in that. Oh, yeah. Doctor Who and Richie Rich. Uh, David Harrell, we've got Greg Miller Burns, no information on him. Emma Goldman, we've got Melly Stewart. And Housewife, we've got Aoife Nally. Boom. Cast. Well done, well JK. Yeah. But now, take a break. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Then. And we'll talk about our dream cast. Yeah, we will. Oh, my God. Patrick's so excited. You're vibrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we've heard who's been in it. Who are we putting in it? A dream cast of assassins. On you go, Patrick. Okay. So my first, okay, Emma Goldman does not sing in this show. I mean, she might in the chorus, but fantastic monologue. I want Tony Collette. All right. Boo! She's fantastic. Boo! She's such a good and we've actress. We've already hit controversy. Oh, no. You don't like Tony Collette? I do like Tony Collette, but I do not want Tony Collette as Emma Goldman. No, I think she'd be brilliant. No can way. I, can fantastic. I counter your Tony Collette no. offer with? with someone who's already called Emma? Emma Thompson. I put no because I've got her down as a potential for um, Sarah, Sarah Jane, Jane Moore. Moore. Fair enough. <laughs> Which is why I've got Tony <laughs> Goldman. <laughs> she would be fantastic. Um, so moving on to Sarah Jane do? Moore, I've got a lot because, one, this is sort of the kind of actresses I love. So I've got Emma Thompson, Catherine O'Hara. I would Ooh, love yeah. her. Um, Olivia Coleman. Brilliant. Yeah. Inspired. Um, Let's cast it tomorrow. Winona Ryder. No. <laughs> Can she sing? No, I don't. I don't know. know. <laughs> I, don't um, know. <laughs> I also thought potentially Laura Linney. Oh, <gasps> yeah. yeah. She did her homework. Me, Laura, I'm sure she did as well, but I did my homework. And Alison Janney, if you wanted to do something yes. as well. There's so many good actresses. So I'm happy to take any of them if we're not doing Tony, which is we need Aussies. So I'm I don't, I, I do not mind. I think Tony she'd be Collette. fantastic. She has the right vowel shape, the right voice. I think she'd be brilliant. 
Um, but if not, I'm happy for Emma Thompson as Goldman. Emma Thompson as Goldman, Laura Linney as Sarah Jane Moore. Where are we putting Catherine O'Hara? She can be swing. They, they just she'll do, she'll do, she'll do the Tuesday night and the Saturday matinee. Okay. Um, now, I didn't have – I found From really difficult. That's because it's me. Um, I thought <laughs> the only person who came to mind was Keenan Shipka, who is the girl who they've cast as um, the new Sabrina in that. Oh. Okay. Because she's got that she was lanky teenage hippie vibe. But can Scary. I can I counter your offer yeah. as Winona Ryder? Yeah. Let's go back to like ninety. Let's go back to Girl Interrupted. Squeaky Frome. Yeah. Okay. Winona Ryder traveling? in Girls. In Girl Interrupted. Yeah. Yeah. She's Squeaky. We're gonna Frome. we're gonna leave Winona of today in Stranger Things. And she's we're very gonna, good. In we're, it. Yeah, she's, she yeah. is. Very, and we're gonna bring old Winona back in our time machine. Okay. <laughs> the yeah. hardest one is Zangara. You just said the hardest one was from. No, she's hard. The hardest one is Angara. And what I did was I Googled who the original Frankie Valley was because he has to be a short Italian American. That's why Bobby got, Fox paid him. And it's John Lloyd Young. So that's who we're putting in as Angara because he can fun. play very well. He sure. did a fantastic um, job, job in Jersey Boys. Yeah. A short, passionate Italian man. Amazing. Okay. I'm not. I'm not going to fight I'm you on that one. Fight you. I don't I, know I any other. Short I don't feel particularly strongly names. about Zengara, so like I haven't. Okay, lay it down on the line. Mm-hmm. Is it okay? We up to booth? No, because I've got something I want to introduce as okay. a wild card. Righto. Oh. So this is someone who I think could be Booth, Sholgosh, maybe even Hinkley. I don't <sighs> care because it just feels right. It's Drake Gyllenhaal. As Drake booth. Gyllenhaal. Picture him in the costume with the moustache and oh, tell me it's wrong. I love it. I love yeah, it so yeah. much. Can it's I so good. wholeheartedly agree, <laughs> KB. I agree with this so much that no one else could possibly. No, and honestly, play I know it's role. a running joke, but there is not a role for but Zac, Zac Efron in this show. Zac Efron is booth. Oh I gosh, think would legs. be. Um, you haven't heard the music. Really <laughs> great to see because he's already playing. A, no, no, he's John, already done. Zac, Zac Efron a killer. is John Wilkes. No, no, no. <laughs> I can also John see Jillian Hall as Shulgosh, but play. I've got another Shulgosh that I do like. But I really. Belladier. He just feels right for the show as no, a performer. Yeah. Honestly, he I've, could be the proprietor. We found it. No, guys, <laughs> this is the most right, yeah, important. Let's calm down. Uh. No, I've never been more excited or turned on at the thought of Jake Gyllenhaal playing John Wilkes Booth. Isn't it a good choice? It's such a choice. It's such a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's, it's the <laughs> right choice. Um, then I've got for okay. Then I've got for Sholgosh, me maybe. Um, that's top yes, of my list. you. But then Bill Skarsgård. Yes. I'm going to say yes. Because he's got that really you gloomy are so gaunt. You so good at this game. I know. I'm so happy. He's got this gloomy gaunt look. He's tall. He looks like someone who's at their last and he's just got the right. He's haunted. Is Bill the youngest one? Bill's the youngest one. Yeah, he he was in up. It. Yeah. But when you see him out of makeup, he's everyone, if you're at home, even if you're driving in that's your car still, on the way that's to work. Smile. Like yeah. That smile. That smile that he does. I had Cillian Murphy as well, but I think it's oh, Bill Cillian, Cillian Murphy, Murphy would, would be great. Yeah. Mm. Also, Zach Efron is not a running joke. I'm uh, always fully serious when I cast Zac Efron. Yeah, KB's <laughs> probably the most serious when True. it comes to um, Zac Efron. Paul Hinkley, I've got, okay, Paul Dano. <gasps> I don't know if you can see, but from There Will Be Blood and Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, it hasn't um, done a lot. Then I've got, okay, then I've got two actors who I know can sing, one who was fantastic in London Road, but this is very controversial, Tom Hardy. Oh, my goodness, Tom Hardy and anything would be amazing. But he was great in London Road, yeah. and I think because of, the roles he does and how he likes to branch out, I think he would be good. For what role? Uh, Hinkley. So the oh. young, 
creepy yeah. guy. Yeah. Look, I'm seeing it's a very like makeup role. I'm seeing like a wig situation. I'm seeing the like specs. a fat suit, yeah. and also him like putting on a couple of kgs and yeah. like resisting the deadlifts. Yeah. And if not, I had another one which is creepy as hell, but I think he would do a good job because he does weird films now. Stanley Tucci, Daniel Radcliffe as Hinkley. Oh, or, um, I reckon you and you and McGregor. No, no, you and um. <laughs> Oh, it's an Irish name yeah. from Misfits Cody, and Game of Thrones and Spring Awakening. And Spring Awakening played Moritz on West End. Oh, uh, Ewan R- R- Ryan. From Game of Thrones, Ryan. he plays these. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Rion, Rion, Rion. Yeah, he'd be you fantastic. You and Rion, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got options for Hinkley. Hmm. He always he plays actually, the KB, smart choice. Yeah, I know. Choice. See, that. this is why you guys should listen to my casting choices. Except for Zac Efron. He's no, no, dead done cooked. Okay, I don't. Is that most of them? I think we've got, oh okay Gato. I was thinking Mitch Butel. <gasps> That's not terrible because I like I know like the camp, the camp and the frenetic energy and the movement. And also me. he's very yes, good. Please, mm. I'll also take him he's if I can't good. do Shogosh. Yes. Or can I um, uh, <laughs> po- like pose like an interesting? This is how yeah. I would like to direct Assassins if I was going to direct it today. Okay. Sure. Um, I actually would not want to have the Balladier and Harvey Oswald be the same. A split. Mm. I want the balladeer to be a woman. Ooh. And then at the end of the show, puts on a red hat. With it, make America. America, America, America <laughs> make America great again. No. 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 Patrick's having an aneurysm. He's done. He's walked out the door. I get it. Tell you why. And we've spoken about this a little bit before. The reason why I don't think you need the red hat. I love the idea of the female balladeer. I don't think you need the red hat because by putting on this show, <laughs> you automatically imply the question of what would happen if, if someone the killed the current president. president. Yeah. I don't think you need the hat. I think you can do it without the but hat. But you agree with a woman being the balladeer? I, I, don't, I don't mind that at all. I think that's an interesting choice. But I think you lose the hat because by putting on the See, show, you Patrick- automatically put in that seed of doubt into the audience's mind. And it's a horrible idea, that, but you're forced to think it by watching this show is, what would happen if I or someone else did kill the president? See, the last time we were here, Patrick, the thing that I can remember you quoting several times was strong and wrong. So I'm going to take my choice and I'm going to run with it. You can it. invoke the power of strong I'm and wrong. I'm going to invoke strong right. and wrong. I will, I will also take that, though, and say that wasn't that the thought in a lot of people's mind once we got the president we got now is how long until we see another yeah. assassination. Well, I mean, but also that was the thought for a lot of people with Obama. Like they That's were burning true. effigies of Obama for That's his true. entire run. Yeah. And a lot of people were threatening to call George W. Bush as That's well. That's true. It's an ongoing culture. Well, yeah. we're no like longer talking about Dreamcast, so let's we're not. We'll Sorry. come back and we'll talk <laughs> top five lists. <laughs> If Assassins was to appear on a top five list, what top five list would it qualify for? Top five Sondheim. Correct. I think I think there is an argument to be made. I think, I think it's, it's going to be different for every person yeah, because is. this is very separated from Sondheim's it's other so work. It's so different from his other work. Yeah. To be fair, there are a lot of shows that kind of set themselves aside from what you think of as Sondheim. Yeah, like Anyone Can Whistle? That's by that's a Anyway, yeah. let's move on. This is the show for anyone. Can <laughs> but I, I think yeah. it, it it would definitely be in the discussion yeah. of top five Sondheim. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely. I to be honest, it's uh, coming in second at the moment. It, yeah, for my favorite Sondheim musical. Would we say top five American top, political? That's what I was about yeah. to say. Yeah. Top five American, American political slash historical. I would just say st- top five historical. Yeah, mm. Amer- American historical. 
political. I'm happy to narrow it down to American, but mm. I think top five historical. I think it's. I think American, even just American, you've got such a yeah, strong list because you have Parade, you have Ragtime, you have Hamilton. That's you true. You have Assassins. Like that's four that true. would be very close to the top on my personal list. Yeah. Um, God, so. Ragtime's good. Mm. It's great. It's just such a great have they, show. Have you guys done a Ragtime podcast? We haven't yet. Bags it. <laughs> You can't. Well, you have every show. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, I would. I would put it on top five um, character actor musicals. Yeah. Yep. So if you're a character actor and you want to do a musical, this is on your top five list. Top five uh, librettos. This is yes. the best. Like to be honest, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Blood Brothers, but I'd put the libretto up of Blood Brothers and this being excellent. They're very. Cool. This is an amazing script. Mm. This is like. That's the thing. Exactly right. You don't need to be a singer to do this show. You need to be an actor. Yeah. You need to act your face off. Oh, my God. Mm. Best libretto. Thank you, John Weidman. Um, yes, I agree. I'm sorry. I was just about to, like, bypass <laughs> over that. Um, top five, uh, changing the way we do theatre in terms of projection on T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought that was well, going to come? Also, they um, used an old-fashioned projector for all the scenery in the first production, so they had a real projector. Yeah, and slotting in um, awesome. the slides as well, which is really cool. Uh, uh, how would we feel about top five dark comedies? Yeah, definitely. And because it is, I'll say ve- yes. It is very funny. <laughs> Oops. And, and I mean, that's and what Sondheim and Weidman said in the the documentary was just like you can laugh in this because there are some. There's some I'm, funny I'm things to see going on. What what other shows you think would fit on that list? Because like you're in town, Heather's. Bad you're in town. Boy. I book, would put Book there. of Mormon. A lot of the book time, of you're Mormon, like, yeah. I shouldn't be. Lying. But is it? It's not a dark comedy. The comedy in Book of Mormon, I feel like, is it's overwhelmingly bright the whole time. It's very. It's, it's, it's I think it's, place, I think actually, it's in it? terms of like content. content like yeah. if you were having a discussion mm. about the content outside of Book yeah, of Mormon. It's not presented as dark. It's though, not is presented it? no. as dark. Yeah, but it is but dark. But it is dark. Yeah. yeah, Book of Mormon's probably on that list then. Yeah, uh, yeah Heather's. Um, yeah, that, that, that stuff's great. dark. Bat Boy, yeah. absolutely. Bat Boy, but I'm not sure Bat Boy would make that list because there's a lot of good shows. I'd well, that, that, that's 10. kind of what I was. But it's that sort of style of show, isn't it? Yeah. All right, that's um, good. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Well I would top five un like probably one of the most underrated shows, considering like how many no one knows ru- about this show, how many runs this has had, and how um, short the <laughs> runs know. have been. And it's exactly that thing where the subject matter of this musical makes people extremely Let's, uncomfortable. Yeah. Top five gamble concepts. Like oh, we're going to put on a show in wow. America about killing presidents and make the characters you're yeah. meant to at least try to empathize with, even if you do or don't successfully. The people who committed like the ultimate yeah. like act of anti-patriotism. <laughs> yeah. And most of them are communists. Mm. Like it's these are not characters that sell on the American stage. Can you please keep your hands up? It's very exciting. <laughs> he's he's he, I'm you can't imagine the elation that is happening during this life. But um yeah, uh, there's so many there's a lot of niche lists you could put this on. I would say top five um female roles. Oh, as Sarah far as Jane. acting goes at least. Um, Sarah Jane and Squeaky. The show only has two female roles, which, look, I'm not suggesting that we should have a woman kill a president. I'm not saying that. I, that's illegal to say. But if a woman <laughs> was to kill a president and this was to be revised, then maybe we could have another role, which I think might be a good thing. Um, but the two roles that we have are both fantastic. They're written intelligently. They, uh, 
it's their good female roles. I think you would really struggle. I th- I do think you would struggle to get either of those names on a top five list of female roles if you incorporated all. What about female roles theater. for actors? We just keep narrowing. You, down. you get it. I'll just keep trimming it. Down. <laughs> you do you get it. Female roles. For top female roles called Sarah Jane Lawrence. Quickly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Top five list of shows KB hasn't seen. If that's the list it would go on today. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't had the chance to see it like on stage. I've seen recorded versions and yeah. I've listened we to it. We should have gone to Sydney, Pandora. I couldn't afford Next it. Time Next time. I think I think Booth might go on for like top five show stealing roles. He's yeah. fantastic. And the fact that it's like up the top of the show. Yeah, they yeah. just bring him out or wheel him yeah. out. He's there. They're no like, oh, literally, the proprietor is like, oh, by the way, he's, ladies, gentlemen, here's he's, John Wilkes Booth. And he walks Wilkes. out and he's like, hello, everyone. And hello. he's silky and he's charming and uh, you, you can't Michael like him. Michael Cerveris' acting with, to- I mean, top five Michael Cerveris' roles. Like, obviously, he won the Tony <laughs> yeah. Award and then he won the Tony Award for Fun Home. So there's one and two. His acting with the crutch. Oh. Oh, stunning. Anyway, Absolutely lo- stunning. Can, Stunsville, Tennessee. There are more lists, but it's a good show. Would you put uh, Sholgosh on top five communist characters? Yes. But he's not a communist. So he doesn't he's belong an anarchist. on the list. Anarchist communist character. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he, he is an anarchist first, communist he's second. A, yeah. Uh, uh, there are so many interesting characters in this show and a lot of them done so well. And what I like is that they treated these characters who have what are deviant views, they treated their views with respect. Even Giuseppe Zangara, who's seen as... Losing the plot, they treat him with a certain respect, and it's wonderful. It is wonderful. That's why I love this show. Well, let's take a break. We will come back and we will talk about the lessons we've learned from Assassins. All right, what have we learned? Everybody's got the right to be happy. Beat you to it, Zane. (laughs) (laughs) My my lesson was actually going to be like, there's probably not a good reason to kill a president. No. But also... That I think that that is what this show is about. Like yeah. all the people have reasons, and they're very understandable reasons. It doesn't give them, but what they're they want. not a good reason. They're yeah. crazy reasons. Well, yeah, yes. their reasons. They have their reasons, but killing the president isn't what gets them what they want. Is not no. the solution no. that you're no. after. Like no matter because, what your problem is. Yeah, I don't think there's ever really a problem where the solution's going to be kill the president. Kill anybody. Know. Yeah. That's never going to solve oh, anything. Oh, KB, little bunny rabbit. I'm going to sit bunny. in my little red corner and be quiet. <laughs> um, Eat the rich. What? <laughs> yeah, nothing will change no matter what you do. Yeah, and if That's you what want... they want you to think. What if you tried to change? When I'm king, well, KB. <laughs> yes. um, um, the fact is, like, you kill a president, you're not, you get another the, one. The whole, you no, just get the another whole, one. You, yeah. And just the whole argument of like infamy and celebrity from mm. this happening, you are not going to get what you want doing mm. this. Because guess what? The guy that you killed, especially if he's the president of the United States, Becomes is always going to be first. Yeah. That'll be remembered people before remember. you are. And that is brought up in the first song song of the show, The Ballad of Booth, where he points out the fact that Lincoln got mixed reviews while he was alive, but as soon as you killed him, now he's, he's a Now hero. he's a martyr. And he's there's a, a bloody statue of him in Washington. Yeah. He did nothing. I don't know about that. I don't know, <laughs> if, he, I don't know if he did, uh, did nothing. <laughs> he did something. But, he but like on the on scale track. of things. He's, he's, he's like deified now. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. But I suppose uh, one of the other lessons is like you can have good shows about controversial characters and you can still love the characters. Yeah. Just right. because subject matter is dirty doesn't mean it's not. And I think we, we are seeing more of that 
now with mm-hmm. shows like Dear Evan Hansen, Next yeah. to Normal, Fun Home, um, like not specifically, like this isn't specifically about mental illness, but it's definitely touched on. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I think um, you, <laughs> we already know this, but I think it shows us just how easy it is to acquire a gun. <laughs> They're literally handed yeah. to them. They don't oh, yeah. like, well, and the they go and The fact that Sarah J. Moore had a gun confiscated and the day like, before. She had like 131 yeah. rounds of ammunition taken off her as well, yeah. and then the next day in the morning picked up a new one. Yeah. No worries. Crazy. Absolutely no worries. We also learned that if you are going to um, commit a political assassination Pick out a nice gun because if it does happen to get hosted in a museum, you want it to look pretty. Oh, yeah, pretty. Um, I think we Thank also learned that, that uh, uh, every everyone has their own story, and yeah. we only ever really hear one side of it. Mm. Um, so sometimes maybe we need to take into account. I think the biggest the thing that side. I learned, especially from that doco, which I will send to either KB or to Julie or to somebody to put on the Facebook because everybody should watch it. It's great. Is that. No, you don't have to sympathise. You don't have to empathise with people but give no. them time. Just- well, uh, yeah, you don't have to sympathise or empathise but their stories have value. It's still important. Yeah. Mm. Like, um, yes, they're crazy but interesting. It's good to know that they are crazy and why they were crazy. Yeah. What caused Maybe what did you just say? That everyone has their own story. Yeah, sorry. I had a spark and the idea, what I love about this show and it's what they talk about again is that um, music and history are often being w- written in a way to oversimplify things. And as soon as you remove that and you open things up, you can have some really interesting thoughts and discussions. Yeah. And that's what this show does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was that it? God, you're so there? glad I showed you that documentary. <laughs> no, I already knew that about this show, but it was wonderful he- to hear him actually talk about then from a musical context going back. That's what folk songs do. I was like, oh, my God, you're right. It happens from a musical construct, not just from a storytelling construct. That's all right. Amazing. Well, that's what we've learned. So thank you to Jess, Kate, Ryan, and Patrick for mm-hmm. bringing us this underappreciated Sondheim. Thanks for doing it with me, Patrick. Thank you for letting us talk for hours. Oh, <laughs> the joy in your eyes. Seriously, it's been a pleasure to watch. And thank you, KB. Oh, it's good to be back. Best episode she's back. back. She's never good leaving us ever again. We hope. <laughs> uh so if you want to find out more about the podcast, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Instagram. Instagram! I'm so excited. <laughs> you can send us an email at musicalstaughtmepodcast.gmail.com or if you want to sponsor the podcast and get access to all those monthly mm-hmm. bonus episodes that we put out, you can go to patreon.com forward slash musicalstaught me everything I know mm-hmm. and for as little as one American dollar a month, you get all the content that we put on there just for our patrons. And our love. And our love. You get our love. That's and the Cats awesome. episode. Oh. And for $4 American and 50 American cents, you can buy a gun. What? <laughs> Jesus, Patrick. Look how cheap Patreon is. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guns, I think it was Gato's gun, cost him $4.50. So just so you know, you your dreams are a fiver away. All right, enough gun talk. <laughs> um, if you're listening to us, please subscribe on your podcatcher. That would be great. Leave us a rating and a review and tell your musical nerd friends about us. Mm-hmm. And what shows you would like us to cover? Oh, please send in suggestions. Yeah, reach out to us. Zane's uh, sick of hearing from me. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are about to start booking our next year. (gasps) So we're about to start looking for show pitches. So let us know. (laughs) So as always, I've been Zane C. Weber. Thank you very much, KB. Thanks for having me back, guys. Thanks again, Jess and Patrick. Do you have, either of you have anything to plug at the moment? 
Are we allowed to plug it yet? No. No, we're still on embargo. I've got something to plug. What? Questioning institutions. Questioning institutions. <laughs> your new best friend. Maybe don't do it with violence, but question institutions. Do they have your best interests at heart? Question mm, them. Definitely really read Karl Marx and we will catch you <laughs> next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>